You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book that you can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Because, like Thomas Jefferson said, no pain, no gain. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Benedict, now available in wild cherry flavor. <laughs> Benedict, you ever been to Jesus Camp? No. No? No. How have you never been? Have you ever been to a, since that's such a boring response, have you ever been to a camp? No, it's not as much You've of a thing. You've never been to camp no. at all? No, it's not as much of a thing in the, in the UK. Why? That, that's a formative experience. Well, in the because States. we don't have insane summer holidays. We have yeah. like we, we, also we don't get have off like around fun the year. places to go. It's just that's dank. not true. It's just yeah. It's dank not. Everywhere. First of all, it's not warm <laughs> during the summer. Second of all, we just don't like. We have like six weeks of summer, which is not like the time. Like that's not. You get like twelve <laughs> six weeks, weeks of summer. No. Oh, you mean vacation. vacation? I just thought yeah, you were yeah. t- referring to the amount of sunlight you get. <laughs> well, no, we get a lot of sunlight. It's just also behind clouds. The cold sunlight. The yeah, cold exactly. Cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's not it's not sunny. It's lit, <laughs> um, and not in the good way. Uh, yeah, it's just not as big of a thing in the UK because like you get two weeks where you like are decompressing from school, and then like two weeks ramping back up to going to school. So then you've only really got two weeks in the middle where like. Normally, that's when you do vacation with your family or whatever. So there's just no time for camp, really. Torture. Sounds like torture. I can't understand how you people don't spend an entire three months uh, with nothing to do in the summer. Exactly. If you live farther away from your school than uh, than most people do. And, uh, and maybe you live in a private gated golf course community that's about maybe. 14 miles from your school. And you have to have a car to go anywhere. And since you're a school child, you can't go see anyone except for the few schoolmates you have who live in your neighborhood anyways ben who also I've, live I've in your private Jesus gated camp. community <laughs> i've been to jesus camp once uh-huh. um it wasn't like you know i grew up catholic and and you know it's not like it's a different kind of of jesus that catholics have uh but i had a friend from my neighborhood who went to jesus camp like they were evangelicals or something i don't know but we uh, they invited us to go along to this camp with them, and we went, and it was scary. Um, it was like there was a, a they had a full on band. They had this weird, I guess it was like a chapel thing we went to like multiple times a day, and there was like a band of like those young hip looking Christian kids with all their awesome Christian music, and they were playing electric guitars. Benedict, it was no. rad. And there were people closing their eyes and holding their hands up in the air and pretending to be emotional and full of the spirit and speaking in tongues. And because I was an impressionable child, probably around 11 or 12 years old, who didn't know that emotion feels the same as an authentic experience if people create the situation properly. And that's what churches basically do. 
um, uh, did that and some very embarrassing things, like promising the weirdo uh, cabin leader that I wouldn't touch or kiss any girls until I was married to them. And you didn't. Uh, of course I didn't. Of course not. I would never do a thing like that. Anyways, Benedict, embarrassing past aside. Uh-huh. Uh, Onto embarrassing presence. <laughs> you probably know what it is mm. that we do here on this program. But for those who don't, the listeners who do not, I will tell them that what we do here is we dig down deep, 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 deep. And yes, mm. my voice is off today. I don't know why. <laughs> deep, deep, deep. Yeah, deep, deep, deep. My, if I go too high, it'll break, and I'll sound like a pubescent child just dealing <laughs> with those things, those ch 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 changes. Um, we dig down deep into the bathroom miscellaneous drawer mm. for the one pair of, uh, they're all right, toenail clippers that we know are probably there. We can't really find them. That's what we do here on this program. Is there this such is... a thing as, like, wow toenail clippers? I thought all toenail clippers were, I eh, have once right. in my life, once in my life, I had a pair of toenail clippers that were like, holy shit, these are the jam. Okay. These are motherfucking bangers of toenail clippers. Uh, and, of course, I lost them almost immediately and have been searching for them ever since in mm. that bathroom miscellaneous drawer. Just hoping they'll show up. Uh, but this is the show where every other week we review a chapter from work of right-wing nonfiction to learn what why anybody could do that. Mm-hmm. And in between, we take a look at other examples of right-wing trying to do their best to make America hate again. Benedict, do you have a hot take to start us off this week? I you do. Like how we changed up the intro a little bit there? Yeah, I love it. Love because that, I realize that we don't actually explain what this show is, even though I do that little deep, deep, deep thing. Yeah, I thought it might be good. Might yeah, be good, good. to I actually tell people. It's better to actually <laughs> tell people what the show is. Um, so I think, and this is just something that uh, came to me that replaced my other hot take, which was to mm-hmm. wish you a happy birthday. It's boring. Dick. I bet everyone wished Kevin a Plus, happy birthday. we have recorded twice since my birthday. I know, but I forgot. You dick. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. And also, you were so sad about turning hee <laughs> that... Yeah, but you're still older than me. That's true, a little bit. (laughs) Anyway, my hot take is that all gifts should come in the form of Christmas crackers. Do you know what Christmas crackers? Gifts or gifts. Gifts Gifts or gifts. Gifts, presents. All right, all right, presents. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Do you you know what a Christmas cracker is? Yeah, like you think you pull a string and... Yeah, you, you pull. Yeah, so I think everything should have to be wrapped as a Christmas cracker, no matter how big it is. And like you know, there's a PlayStation inside a Christmas cracker, and then you you pull it, and you have to catch it before it hits the ground. And it's just God the explosion it. matches the size of the gift. So instead it, it of just, just like a think, like, like for my birthday, my mom got me like basically a kitchen island. Uh-huh. Um, like no, but like it's more of like an industrial thing. It has a very nice cutting board on top. It's uh, okay. made by John Boo's company, nice. uh, which makes amazing cutting boards. It is the only cutting board recommended by the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like, it's easily like 60 pounds. Uh-huh. So I was just thinking, yep. as you were that saying too. that, I'm like, Christmas cracker. Oh shit, I gotta <laughs> catch that fucker out of the air. <laughs> and also, the explosion giant has to be... stainless steel thing. <laughs> the explosion has to be proportionate to the size of the package. Oh god So it's it. just a small package, like a small so explosion. just gonna blow up my apartment. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, that's my hot take this week. What about Ooh. you? Uh, my hot take this week, Benedict, the greatest thing is finding a social media personality who is not also shilling bullshit products. Um, we don't do any ads on this show, and I don't think we will ever. I don't really want to. Um, there's a bunch of other podcasts out there that I enjoy, and then I hear 
whoever's the presenter do it, you know, switching over to ads for stuff I know that they don't actually support. Oh, uh, if it was um, something we supported, pardon I would me, Ben. We both ads. enjoy Behind the Bastards, yeah, uh, and we both know how painful that bullshit ad process on that show yeah is. but they know it's bullshit which is the fun yeah part and he it. still mm-hmm. fucking does it yeah I, um, well that's because he does it through iheart so it's their true, ads it's not his. honestly here, my thing is i like having patrons i like i think this is the you know we don't have a ton uh we do this show for fun as i've said plenty of times we're not we're not necessarily looking for your money uh but we have i would take your don't say patrons. that Pleasure. i would take Benedict, your money Benedict shut up take your money i would um, take your money tell all your friends <laughs> spread the gospel we're gonna create a yeah, kevin yeah. kevin hey, and spread benedict the show. Exactly. uh post about us all over um you know post links to our podcast and other podcast facebook group i'm all down for that i'll make you a part of the spooky new world order if you do that that's fine world, i like it, having people order. listening to the show but what i'm I talking guarantee. about is the ad process i i very much don't like I think that the the best model for podcast is if you like us, maybe you become a patron and drop us a few dollars. I think that works pretty well. Um, and I, people... I would say I would do ads for stuff I actually think is cool. So, sure. like, if anyone came along for things that I already use, I would do ads for that. Sure. You and your hair gel obsession. Uh, mm-hmm. But there are, there are shows out there, and the one I'm talking about today is not even necessarily a podcast. It's actually a YouTube show. Where I find out that they are, and this is, is not directly connected to the advertising thing, but um, there's a show called Binging with Babish on mm, YouTube. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I watch a lot of cooking-related stuff. That's 90% of my YouTube. The other 10% is all the shit I have to look at for this show. Uh, <laughs> and right-wing extremism. So you can imagine how fucked up my algorithm is. Um, but recently, I watched a video where he is selling his new cookware set. And normally when... a famous chef is selling cookware it's bullshit garbage it is not worth touching i was amazed fucking amazed he's just selling a set that is plain old normal cookware that is actually stuff i would buy it was like the most mind-blowing thing to me and i'm like i'm not trying to shill for his fucking cookware set Mm -hmm. here but it was legitimately like oh that's a decent looking 12 inch uh stainless steel pan there like that's that's just stuff that I would buy. Uh-huh. It's normal cookware. That is a um, a sheet pan with a rack that sits. A normal sheet pan with a rack. Great. Holy crap. He is selling normal stuff. None of it has fancy colors. I was so amazed, and I was actually so happy at that. It's the first time I have ever seen. Because most of my heroes are professional chefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's most of the people that I follow and love. And I was uh, so happy to see someone who's not shilling a bullshit you know, Rachel Ray fucking multicolored set of nonsense. Okay. Did you buy it? No, I did not. Fuck I own, you! <laughs> I already own everything that is in that set. Like I'm telling you, I'm not talking about this set. What I'm talking about is I was very happy about the, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, integrity shown. So what you're selling saying something is you want to create and it's not, for it's, not, it's not fucking overpriced either. That was the other thing. It was, it's just like normal priced, and it has what you need if you're starting as a chef and you can watch his show and use that stuff mm. to cook the shit he's making. Because yep. he just it, I just I enjoyed the integrity of that moment. Mm. That's what that's what I saw from it. And that's what gotcha. I enjoyed from it. That's well all I have to say. You heard it here first, folks. Kevin wants to create affordable, good quality <laughs> merch for the show. But yes. we need some more patrons so that we can club, do that. Uh, I don't know. Uh Pans? We can sell pans. Um, if people maybe, uh, would buy merch, tell Kevin, and we'll, we'll figure quart, out merch. <laughs> uh, six-quart stock pot? 
with our name stamped on it? Something sure. like that. I don't know. <laughs> sure, why not? My my face. Yeah, I don't know. Spread the show some more. Uh, tell your friends to listen. Uh, post about us places. Maybe we'll do some merch someday. I don't know. Anyways, on to housekeeping this week, of course. Better to great review us on iTunes. Remember to do that. Uh, follow us on all the social medias at NYGBCPod on Twitter. A new patron-only bonus episode is, of course, now available. We just recorded the other day. And I believe I released it on Sunday. Um, chapter 5 of our review of None Dare Call It Conspiracy by Gary mm. Allen and Larry Abraham. And, um, Benedict, somehow UFOs got involved again. <laughs> Which did, I really yeah. enjoyed. And I have two updates. Uh, I put oh, these good. up updates uh, on the normal show, even though they're related to the patron only, Benedict. Um, so after the show, uh, we had a brief conversation where I sort of ruminated on whether or not there's a lot of anti-Semitism in UFO communities. Yes, was my guess. <laughs> and I sort of postulated that there was because of the conspiracy aspect of it. Um, and conspiracy making is sort of a, you know, collective enterprise. They're all riffing off of one another and a lot of them you know, you go back far enough, and it starts off with the anti-Semitic conspiracies that they built on and turned into their new stuff. Um, and I actually looked into it and ended up finding a bunch of academic journal papers oh, discussing fun. the anti-Semitism in UFO communities. And one in particular that discussed the Phoenix Papers, which are what they called the actual documents that we were talking about that I found uh, on the patron-only bonus episode. So that was very exciting for me. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about, Benedict, the other update, which is really more of a thing I missed, uh, or, uh, you know, when I'm recording the show, or when I'm editing the show, uh, my notes are all still sitting in front of me, and I'm remembering things that I meant to bring up and didn't. And this is uh, based on this last week's show. I wanted to mention to you the fact that a lot of these conspiracy theories um, have to do with royal families. Mm. We got a little bit of talk about, you know, that sort of stuff this week, and, and I don't think I talked about all of it. I think there were a lot of passages I didn't bring up that had to do with royal family stuff, uh, because a lot of these conspiracy theorists have this thing where all of the royal families are connected through the Queen of England, and it's actually a Transylvanian royal line. That it all goes back to. And, of course, sure. uh, some of those conspiracies say that that royal line is actually Jewish. Mm. Um, and there's a bunch of people, the conspiracy side, who, and, and a lot of these people are the Gary Allen followers and the W. Cleon Skousen followers, who think that royalty actually still means something. Mm. And that's how this conspiracy starts to work. Uh, excuse me. Are you yeah. insulting yeah, my... Yeah, Okay. If, if your queen tried to step in and overrule a law, what the fuck would happen? Yeah, they would be like, you yeah. are no longer queen. Uh, yeah, I guess we don't have a queen anymore. <laughs> Sorry. That's what would happen. So anyways, Benedict, all that out of the way, let's return to this week's interstitial episode where okay. we are talking about the most boring man you have ever forced <laughs> me to look into. Uh, on our last interstitial episode, I mentioned that we we're going to be starting off on a little bit of a series talking about the dumbest members of Congress. And you specifically requested this week's subject, which is, yep. of course, Thomas Hawley Tuberville. Yep. Yep. Ha he even has a dumb middle name that makes you think of shitty people. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Tuberville, or Tubbs, as he's known Big by tubs. me, and as I will be calling him. Because it, I had to find a way to make this more entertaining for myself. Is it somehow. okay? Question: Is it Tuberville or Tuberville? I don't know. It's okay. whatever you want to call him. Who cares? He's a piece of shit. He doesn't get 
to tell you that you're saying his name wrong. When they're a piece of shit, you get to call them what they want, what you want. That's how that works. That's how the rules work. Um, I've heard it pronounced both ways, and I'm not sure because I, he might have said it. Um, actually, you know what, Benedict? Let me tell you, it doesn't really matter because he would much prefer that you call him fucking coach because he does that all the goddamn time. Even his Senate website calls him Coach Tuberville because professionalism is below him, I guess. And uh, that's not just me saying it, Bennett. He will not let you forget it, as evidenced by this. I'm Tommy Tuberville, your United States Senator for the great state of Alabama. But you can call me Coach. <laughs> We're getting close to beating this thing. We're on the one-yard line, but we just need one more play to run it in. You can help us get the win against COVID by getting oh, vaccinated. God. These vaccines are safe. And even after being a football coach my entire career, but we are all are on the same team. We got an offense and a defense, but at the end of the day, we're still on the same team. What? And what I found out as a coach is that when people are given an opportunity. What is he talking about? On my sideline. No, I cut all these clips together, Benedict. I cut all these from, from about five minutes of video. I cut out all the times of him saying coach or saying sports uh, words. And we're, we're going to listen to it to the goddamn end. Okay, well, one quick question. Um, well, first first of all, the good thing is he is pushing the COVID vaccine, which I am surprised Yes, I by. will give him credit for that. But that I will talk about later is just because he is always behind what the current Republican line is. Because he's not paying attention. It's embarrassing. But what's great about this country is that it also gives you the opportunity to fail. And that might sound a little funny coming from a football coach that spent his entire career trying to win. I've coached and mentored hundreds of student athletes over my 40-year career. And 1,000 have been condemned. And it's not just in Alabama. I saw this when I traveled all across the country as a football coach reliable so benedict <clears throat> i yes. only did a minute of those because i knew if i did any more of him calling himself coach you get annoyed and mm -hmm. mad at me that's as correct you are, as you are wont to do uh but literally i i just i was watching the first video that i was watching to prepare of him and saw how many times he referenced coaching and football because he is a goddamn one-trick pony so i just pulled out a handful, put him into a clip, and we got a minute of him calling himself coach, saying football words, because that is all he has. Because he is completely unqualified in any single way to be a United States senator. The only thing about him is that he is a football coach. And I think the reason that he's called coach on his Senate website and prefers to be called that is because it's much more polite than calling him Lenny. Mm-hmm. So Thomas Hawley Tuberville okay. was born September 15th, 1954. Uh, I should mention at the top, he looks like the commercial actor for man who needs help with his occasional opioid-induced constipation. <laughs> that is something I think most of us know just from looking at him, though. Uh, he's possibly the most boring right-wing loon I've ever looked into. He just doesn't have anything interesting to say. Uh, he was born, and his life is, even despite the coaching, very boring. He was born <laughs> and raised in Camden, Arkansas, one of three children of Olive and Charles Tuberville, Jr., uh, he graduated from Harmony Grove High School in 1972. He attended Southern Arkansas University, where he played on the football team and was on the golf team for two years, which he graduated from in 1976 with a mm -hmm. bachelor's degree in physical education, P.E. That is the entirety of his educational career. Okay. Uh, his, 
His first job uh, was at Hermitage High School in Hermitage, Arkansas, where he was apparently a PE teacher and, of course, football coach. Mm-hmm. Because PE teacher is really just an excuse to give the football coach a job. Uh, he became an assistant coach at Arkansas State University and eventually went to the University of Miami, where he became defensive coordinator before moving to Texas A&M University for a single season in 1994 and after texas a&m he got his first head coaching job at ole miss from mm-hmm. 1995 to 1998 that's a big one right it's a big step up big school big 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 school yes to head Kate, uh, straight to head coach at ole miss is the first job that's a big job right yes. i don't know anything about this but it sounds no no important. it is and at ole miss he was involved in a move to ban confederate flags from football games good not for the right reasons. No. It was because he said in an interview that uh, most of the good football players in the South were black and that Confederate flags hurt recruiting for the football team. Uh, <laughs> you know, he could have purer motivations, sure. Uh, but in 1998, on his own radio show, which apparently he had as Why? football coach. Why did he have? I don't know. Why? So many right-wing shitbags he... okay. have radio shows. People complain, so many of them. People complain about the proliferation of podcasts and how everyone had a podcast. Apparently in the 90s, every motherfucker had a radio show. Hey, Mike Pence had a fucking radio show. Yeah, every, where he, every do you remember? one of these assholes. <laughs> Just uh, any excuse to bring up that blog he wrote about Mulan trying to God be a... <laughs> Uh, pushing subtly, uh, subversively pushing the feminist agenda. Yeah. <laughs> but on his radio show in 1998, Benedict, <clears throat> he said that he would die as Ole Miss's head coach. Mm, he declared is that true? on that show, quote, they'll have to carry me out of here in a pine box. Mm. Benedict, two days after saying that, he left his job <laughs> as head coach at Ole Miss <laughs> to take a job at Auburn University. And apparently the day before he left, he had addressed his team and told them he was staying at Ole Miss, wasn't going anywhere. He was going to be there a long time, according to one of his players who said that he woke up the next day and his mom told him to turn on ESPN, where he learned that his coach was leaving. Okay. And Bennett, his history is full of him running away. Yes, yes. Just sneaking out in the middle of the night, lying to people about how long he's going to be staying and just escaping. Just escaping out of nowhere. So, in 1999, he became the head coach of Auburn University, Auburn, Alabama. Is that uh, that's presumably bigger than Ole Miss? Is it? You have uh, to. They're you have on to the educate. same level, pretty much. Okay. They're they're basically on the same level, I think, pretty much. Um, you know, they're both really good football schools. They have good reputations. Okay, I know I nothing about any of this. Sorry. In 1999, to... I was eight years old, so okay, I don't remember at the time which team had a better winning record. Who that's was going fine. to the more bowl games? I, I just I I want to apologize to all of our listeners. I have barely got up to speed with NFL, American football. College yeah. football is going to take me another couple of years before yeah. I get there. They're probably on the same ish level, if I had okay. to guess. I mean, right now, yeah, they're on the same ish level as far as you know, size of school, prestige of the program. It varies from year to year based on the winning record and who's the coach and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. But he just, that pine box, Benedict, they were going to have to carry him out of there in a pine box. A coffin's normally made of pine. That seems like quite a cheap wood I think it's an old saying. I think it's just an old saying because they used to make him out of pine, Mm -hmm. which is cheap. So I feel like a nice oak. Yeah, or mahogany. Mahogany, yes, everyone wants that mahogany. But in 1999, as I said, he became coach of Auburn University, head coach. Mm -hmm. Uh, And during the 1999 offseason, wide receiver Clifton Robinson, who was 20 years old, was charged with the statutory rape of a 15-year-old girl. Not great. Which happened. It 
he, he admitted to it, and uh, eventually pled down from second-degree rape to a guilty plea on misdemeanor charges, and was given 200 hours of community service. That's not enough. And Benedict, you know, football coaches, they are well-known for upholding proper morals. You know, mm. Tommy Tuberville, if you ever listen to him talk, he talks a lot about how we have a moral problem in this country. And kids, often, all these ones he's always mentioning don't have fathers. He's always talking about kids with no fathers for some reason. I can't imagine if that means something deeper to him. Uh, but he's talking about them and how they need more guidance. Of course, Tubbs' guidance um, as football coach of the Auburn University was to suspend him for one game. Cool. He was suspended for one game for statutory rape. Uh, he's well known for his winning record at Auburn, which I should mention at this point is still not a qualification for being a United States senator. No, I would say not at all. Yep, yep. Uh, in 2008, he left Auburn University, Benedict, out of nowhere. Okay. Uh, and in his resignation letter, demanded that they pay him a $5 million buyout. God, uh, such buyouts in his contract are usually for coaches who were fired, uh, but he demanded and got it. When he was the one who just quit his job out of nowhere with no warning. Cool. Yeah. Uh, after leaving that in 2008, he became a coach at Texas Tech. He took about a year off and then became coach at Texas Tech from 2010 to 2012. Why, why did he leave Auburn? <clears throat> uh, he left Auburn because he wanted to. Okay. That's about it. Uh, and uh, in 2012, he became coach of the University of Cincinnati. Um, and as I mentioned, uh, his whole career is filled with him abandoning the teams that he claims he loves. Um, from the Texas A&M job, he actually snuck out of a dinner with recruits at Texas A&M to accept the job at Cincinnati. Oh, God. <laughs> and according to the athletic director at Texas A&M, the day before, again, he Texas had told Tech, that it like, yeah, uh, no, uh, Texas A&M, Texas That's A&M. Texas A&M was the first one he was at. Uh, I might be getting the, no, uh. Maybe I got them. Yeah, Texas Tech. I did. I wrote down AM, but it's Texas Tech. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, he had told the athletic director the day before he went and took the Cincinnati job that he was going to be staying. Yep. Cool. Yep, 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 yep. Um, uh, more, uh, he, you know, he's a shitty guy. Uh, he just ran away. He ran away all the fucking time. Um, the majority of his former players who have spoken out uh, seem to be against him uh, as a senator. They don't seem to like the idea of the things that he's saying very much. Uh, right. Defensive lineman Tommy Jackson, uh, from, who was on his team in 2004 and now is the director of advising for uh, University College in Kennesaw State University, uh, mm -hmm. has said Tuberville is being disingenuous, saying, quote, he coached a team that had a majority of African-American players and President Trump has no interest in black males. And so for Coach Tuberville to support someone like that, what does that say about someone who has always thought this way to make millions of dollars off the same people the president is intending to overlook and mistreat? It's mm -hmm. shameful. It's downright shameful. Another player named Adlai Trone, who was a defensive back under Tuberville, says he's disappointed and knows a lot of the other players are as well. He said, quote, a lot of guys keep up with each other. There's a lot of different circles. It's the majority that are disappointed. I think a lot of us would like to remain optimistic in saying that maybe if he gets in office, he'll listen to what we have to say. I just hope he stands for something that represents the players that played hard for him. I think they all remain disappointed about a year into Tommy Tuberville's yeah. term as United States Senator. But Benedict! Of course, in 2018, he moved to Alabama in anticipation of running for Senate. Because you may remember, as I read through his career, the only time he ever actually lived in Alabama was when he was coaching at Auburn University. Yeah, I mean, career, he was there the rest for... of his life. 
He was born in Arkansas. He went to Southern Arkansas University. He lived in Florida after he retired from coaching football. He was in Alabama for like eight years, to be fair. To be fair, sure. But he moved to Alabama because he knew that his coaching position would be what got him a job. The fandom of the coach would be what got him a senator position, not any actual qualifications Mm. to be a senator. But, Benedict, there's also something that is a little bit fun about Tommy Tuberville, and it ties into how dumb he is. He appears to be prime target for scams. Oh, cool. In 2008, after he resigned from Auburn, he formed a 50-50 partnership with former Lehman Brothers broker John David Stroud, creating a firm called TS Capital Management. Mm -hmm. You may ask, what was a football coach with no investment experience or financial knowledge or a brain doing owning an investment firm? Being scammed. Well, uh, he was doing basically nothing. His job was to put his name on the business and try to bring in investors in what turned out to be a Ponzi scheme Uh, that defrauded investors out of millions. He had an office in this building where the Ponzi scheme was being run. And I have to point out, to be fair, that Tommy denies knowledge of any of the fraud and argues that he was defrauded too. And I do actually believe him because he is not intelligent enough to have known any of what was going on. <laughs> there is no way that he would have known. He is, he, he, again, why was he a partner in a capital management firm? That makes no sense. The answer is because it was capitalism, to have, Kevin. Yeah, to have his face and name attached and bring in these investors who were defrauded by John David Stroud. Uh, In 2013, his partner, John David Stroud, pled guilty to investment fraud. Um, While a small amount of money invested had been spent purchasing commodities, as advertised, the majority of it, it turns out, was spent on personal purchases and paying out earlier investors to maintain the image of profit. That is a Ponzi scheme. That is how that works. Mm -hmm. Uh, In addition to criminal charges against Stroud, a civil suit was also filed against Stroud and Tommy. Uh, Tommy settled that with investors in 2013, so despite the fact that he publicly denies any responsibility, it appears based on what we know, and again, we don't know the details of that settlement, he did settle. So, you know, I don't think he was actively engaged in fraud based on his stupidity. I just think he was dumb and negligent. Cool. And uh, when you are negligent and lose other people money, you should have to pay them back for it. Uh, funnily enough, Tubbs also lost money in a company called GLC Enterprises. Okay. Which Benedict was another Ponzi scheme. Great. <laughs> it was an $80 million Ponzi scheme. Oof. And even better, Benedict, this was run by a man named Gregory Crabtree along mm. with his ex-college football coach promoter, Jim Fun. Donnan, okay. who coached at Marshall University from 1990 mm. to 95 and the University of Georgia from 1996 to 2000. Okay. Tuberville invested $1.9 million in GLC Enterprises and claims to have lost about 150000 when the Ponzi fell apart in 2011. All right. So... Tubbs was not the only guy That's being used as a promoter by a runner it. of a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, that was the thing that made me think, well, he was one of the people who was getting most of the payouts from other payors into the Ponzi scheme. Uh, probably because it would have been difficult if a high-profile person was one of the early people for you know, that scam to fall apart on. You know, yeah. something like that. That's less than 10% of the money he put in. Yeah, like, he was not... probably one of the people who was prioritized in payouts in order to keep the, the scam going longer. Uh, also, Benedict, uh, the Tommy Tuberville Foundation, uh, mm-hmm. which during his campaign, the AP reported, accurately, I should point out, that only about a third of the money raised goes to charitable work. Um 
Tuberville's campaign tried to rebut that by saying, well, that doesn't reflect volunteer labor or donated materials that go to refurbished veterans' homes. Of course, the problem with that is that that's a not a response to the statement that a third of the money raised goes to charitable work and two-thirds doesn't. But mm-hmm. take it as you will. So Benedict, yeah, um, he's a United States senator. He defeated Doug Jones in the last election. He was the only Republican to defeat a Democratic senator in that election. Um, Republicans seem to like to say that a lot, despite the fact that we all really knew Doug Jones would lose because he was Poor only in office because the last man. time the last time they ran a pedophile. Yeah. So, allegedly. you know, no, not even allegedly. I'm just going to say he is. Um, as far as political p- positions uh, for Tubbs, he barely has any that I can mm. say of note. Uh, he refused to take part in any debates during his campaign. And his campaign website was and remains vague as shit Mm. uh the one the one thing we can ascribe to him and can say is pretty much what he believes is trump good um he's one of those caught up in the screeching that they're the real trump sycophant and all the other candidates aren't so uh along with that you know socialism bad and i now realize that because of his idiocy i basically just titled all of his poly positions as blank good blank bad Mm -hmm. um did not really notice I was doing that, but socialism bad. He has a major yep. case of Fox News brain, uh, incapable of using many specifics. Just really, it's it's the usual hyperbole and calling anything, anything Mitch McConnell hasn't told him is good socialism. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he's used to. Any amount of government spending is socialism because that's what Fox News has taught him for years, uh, which does come a little bit against the statement on his own campaign website, or actually his Senate website, where he says, "quote." My goal is to get big government out of the way so the people who earn a living off the land can do what they do best, feed, fuel, and clothe America. And, Benedict, I have to stress, there is no distance between that and what I am about to read next from his campaign website. Mm -hmm. As we look toward the next farm bill, my focus will be supporting Alabama's top commodities, driving forward key initiatives like rural development and broadband, and promoting conservation efforts and forestry programs to benefit Alabama's rural communities both today and in the future. So we need to get that big government out of the way by... Having them spend on Alabama. Yep. Yep. This is a guy who, in all the videos I watched of him, complained about government spending. That's who this guy is. He's not very consistent on those positions. Other political positions for Tubbs. Daddy Mitch, good. I mentioned before, and I should point this out, a startling number of times. When he's asked questions, he almost childishly answers that he's going to do whatever Mitch tells him to do. Which I guess is what they wanted out of him. A shiny uh, face sure. to attract dumb donors that'll do whatever they say. Oh, is it a Ponzi scheme? Is that the link you're trying to make? Uh, Republican Party's a Ponzi scheme. Um, also, of course, abortion bad, which goes along with mm-hmm. his other policy position, Jesus good. Uh, repeatedly on the campaign trail, even in his first floor speech in the Senate, which I watched the other day. He said basically that his solution to fixing schools is to get prayer and Jesus back into the schools. That's what Can we I really need. Just just read you uh, his his campaign website oh, position on on abortion without actually saying the word abortion. Yep. Yeah, um, I'm familiar. I know what so you're talking about. It's under the title Protecting Life. Yeah. And it says, A Christian conservative, I will always stand up for those who can't do so on their own unless they're alive and actually need help. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't say that a lot of bit. That's editorial brackets. 
I will fight to protect the sanctity of every human life because, and here's where I literally gasped, future generations may very well look back at the current wave of infanticide <laughs> sweeping across our nation as this generation's holocaust. Yep, yep. <clears throat> yep, Benedict. That is a lot. That He's is a read lot. him some Dinesh D'Souza, hasn't he? Infanticide is a strong word to use. First of it's all, it's the wrong word to use. Yes, correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, sanctity of every human life. Well, as you know. Yeah, he's a dumb guy, Benedict. He's a very, very dumb guy. Also, not even having the courage of his convictions to be like, this is what this is. But like, uh, some people in the future <laughs> might judge us for some shit. So we should uh, fix that. Not because yeah. I believe it's wrong, but because the future might believe that we were wrong. So that's... Whew. That's our boy, Benedict. That's our yep. boy. All um, right. He also, of course, believes, <clears throat> as he said in an interview to TMZ Sports, which should not fucking exist... Um, outside of the Capitol not long ago, the athletes should avoid politics and, quote, stick to what they know about. To which I would say, well, since most of those athletes you're talking about and who you mentioned when you talked about them are mostly African-American, they know about the racism they've experienced in their lives, and maybe you, the coach, is the one who should shut the fuck up, yeah, Tommy. How can, how can you be like, ah, oh, sports people don't know shit, and then you're like... Oh, but I'm going to run for Senate. That makes sense. Yep, yep. And uh, he he definitely knows a lot less than very many of his athletes. Um, another one <clears throat> of his sincerely held policy positions, to me, appears to be racism good. Uh, he is, of course, a Republican first and foremost. And that means um, an anti-Hispanic and anti-Muslim bigot these days. That is the prerequisite to being a member of the Republican Party in the age of Donald Trump. Um, and I categorically, I just want to say, obviously the Hispanic stuff, that's, that's obviously racism, but I categorically reject the argument that anti-Muslim bigotry isn't racism. Uh, first off, it's a stupid argument to say, I'm not a racist, just a bigot. Eh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay, that's oh. fine. When you say things like, while speaking to the Tennessee Valley Republican Club in June 2019, quote, the U.S. has more Middle Easterners coming across the border than we do Mexicans. Um, no. And then say you're just against those radical Islamic terrorists. No, no, you chose the word Middle Easterner there for a reason. And I don't yep. fucking believe you. He then continued, quote, folks, they're taking over. And if we don't open our eyes, it's going to be over with. And then you follow that with a 2019 interview on Sports Talk Radio saying, quote, we've got a certain religion that's come into this country and they can pray five times a day in our schools without repercussions. But if we say what the Lord's Prayer, you know, we get suspended. Our kids get sent home. That was, that was a 2019 interview he said there. By the way, that is categorically false uh any kid can pray anytime they want in school it's when you the start teacher trying just to... can't direct them yeah. To yeah or if those kids uh try to start to try and convert their friends because you shouldn't fucking do that that's not what you're in school for but you can certainly go pray on your own nobody's gonna fucking stop you and there's also some other racist shit we're gonna hear in one of today's uh clips we're gonna be playing of course, in 2011, he went on Fox News to push the birther conspiracy theory, which is inherently racist in and of itself, because mm -hmm. none of you fucks said the same shit about Ted fucking Cruz, who the same goddamn arguments applied to, you dumb fucks. And in a 2019 radio appearance, he suggested that we should also reduce legal immigration as well, because, quote, they're bringing all kinds of diseases with them that we don't understand. 
and also said that immigrants from the Africa from Africa and the Middle East are not educated. Sure. And I do want to point out that I am using the Southern accent uh, to emphasize the stupidity of him. And I understand that that it is wrong to claim that Southern accents make you stupid. But he is a dumb person with a Southern accent. Um, and the stupidity actually makes the Southern accent sound dumber, is my contention. Mm, gotcha. He's well, you can sound very smart with a Southern accent. Sure, it's possible. It's, it's definitely possible. He does not because he is an idiot. Uh, he's also well known for his misstatements, of course. One of the biggest of those being after his election in an interview with the Alabama Daily News, which I do recommend that you go look at because of, man, it's just a transcript and it's bad. It's bad. It reads like him being amazed at how basic things work. Like, repeatedly, in response to question, he goes on these long jags about, well, you know, now I gotta go find me some staff. And you know, it's really, there are all these different levels of the staff here. You got, like, your major players, and you got, like, a chief of staff. And the impression from reading his transcript is like, he's going... Who to thunk it, Chief O Staff? Wow, that's a that's amazing. Um, so, of course, in that interview, that was the time that he said uh, World War II was fought to free Europe of socialism. Of course, mm. uh, it was fascism. We were fighting to free Europe of, and the the people you scream were socialists. The you know USSR uh, were in fact fighting against those fascists. Uh, he in that interview said that the three branches of government were the House, the Senate, and the executive. Same thing, but. Ben Shapiro likes to claim that members of the squad named AOC are dumb for flubbing. Uh, so I think fair play. And of course, he said in the interview that he was going to be doing fundraising work from his Senate office, which is illegal. Because he's a dumb guy. Uh, in yep. that same interview, I also found it fun that there was a paragraph that despite his constant screeching, and I can't emphasize enough, he was always screeching. He's one of those idiots who's just going on about, it's common sense. You can't spend all this money and blab. It's just like your house. If you ain't got the money, you can't spend it. Um, he goes on screeching about stuff like that. He said in that interview that he wants to get on the Armed Services Committee because of all the defense contractors and shipbuilders that are so important to the GDP of Alabama, i.e. the federal money that keeps Alabama the fuck afloat. Mm -hmm. He's against all these people leeching off of the government and taking all that welfare when he's a goddamn welfare queen on the most massive scale possible. And then, of course, he tried to take credit in 2019 for leaving Texas A&M or Texas Tech. I don't remember. Which one was it? I don't remember. Uh, with, its, with its star quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield, you've probably seen the Mahomes t-shirt of you know him hands on the face. You've probably seen people with that it was a thing a while back um of course that is slightly undercut by the fact that both of them were actually recruited by his successor there so cool just a plainly false thing that he said benedict and uh about two weeks ago when you suggested that we do tommy tubbs i think the reason that you said though so was because there was a video of him going around at the time of about a minute long of him saying absolutely nothing and that video is this video okay Thank you, Madam President. You know, these days, information is, only, oh, is only a few clicks away on your computer. True. And there's more information to be consumed than there are hours in the day. Great point. Mm -hmm. It's information overload, and it's overwhelming to sift through all the noise. But no mm -hmm. matter the narrative, 
being pushed, one thing remains, the facts. Right. The facts don't lie. Sure. It's information overload. <laughs> the facts tell the story better than anyone. Facts take many forms and play out in many ways. This is on the floor Come of the goddamn Senate. Are you kidding? Is this a filibuster? Actions taken, whether we like it or not. But it doesn't take long for anyone to see this fact. <laughs> decisions coming out of the White House have followed one overall thought, one guiding ideology. Okay, we don't need any more of that fucking. Are he you just is that it? Are you kidding? What's the point? Where does he get to? Eventually, he says. Socialism. Oh, okay. That was it. It was just, everything coming out of the house. It's all socialism. And oh he actually makes God. the stupid fucking argument that the only Biden policy is to be the opposite of Trump. Like, okay, you gotta be. Nobody who supported Trump gets to say that. That's that's literally horseshit. Like the entire Trump ideology is own the libs. It's if the libs are for it, we are against yeah. it. You don't get to claim that. No, go fuck yourself. Um, yeah, I should also point out there, he is a bad reader. Uh, when he's just speaking yeah, without did, when he, reading when something... When he went back to its information overload, did he just lose his place in its notes? Well, he that, did that like, thing that, wasn't that happens, even the logical. He did that thing that happens to everyone. And it happens to me when I'm reading from the various things we read on this show, where if you forget the flow of the sentence you're going through, maybe you start to raise your inflection because you think that's how you're going to end the sentence, and then you realize, ah, oh, shit, there's a comma and then a clause, <laughs> and uh, I fucked that up. Uh, it happens a lot, but he's also just, he's a little bit of a slower reader, and he's not very good at knowing where he's going to take his uh -huh. voice and his inflection, those sorts of things when he's reading, so he sounds worse than when he's just speaking off the cuff. We're going to listen to some other things now that are just him speaking off the cuff and aren't quite so poorly done. So, Benedict, we're going to start off uh, with uh, an event that happened, uh, I believe it was, uh, was it December? No, February 2020. Uh, this is from, uh, so this is before he was elected. This is at a Republican forum that Tuberville was at. And I'll tell you, first off, uh, the audio is not perfect. It's done by a small local Alabama news outlet. Uh, and there were not a whole lot of people at this event. But this is, I think that's why this is great. Because this is him saying, you know, come on in. Let's talk. We're among Wait, friends here. Quickly, this before you start. This is a we're among friends moment. Before you start, mm -hmm. um... Was it Tuberville that was the the guy who said he got a phone call from Trump on January 6th? Uh, no, so uh, there was a bunch of stuff there. Yes, Tuberville did get a call from Trump. There was also, I don't remember who it was, someone else got a Trump that was Trump trying to call Tuberville. Okay. Because I think all these people recognize Tuberville will do whatever you say. He's He's an idiot. He'll just do what you say. He doesn't know anything about anything. He doesn't know anything about what was going on on January 6th. He doesn't know anything about the process. Um, mm -hmm. He'll just do whatever the top Republican who talks to him tells him to do. That's his job. That's why he's there, to be a know-nothing who does what they tell him to do. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start this clip, and, uh, yeah, this this uh, there's some bad stuff in here. There's some really okay. bad stuff in here. I've been gone 11 months. She's fired up about it. Uh, it's good to be here. I had to pay dues today. I've been here so many times, but it's uh, good to see everybody. We're getting close. Three weeks, what, 24 days? We're counting them down. And, to the primary. Uh, big election coming up uh -huh. in a lot of areas. Thank you for what you're doing here in the city. I've had the, been very fortunate to see a lot of the, in all the cities in the state, and meet with uh, city officials, county commissioners. It's been unbelievable. Name one. Downtowns are rebuilding. 
revitalized. Uh, our state representatives spoke with a lot of them. Thank you for what you do. Name one. It's, mm -hmm. it's a hard job, very hard job. You get ridiculed. You get drug over the coals. You, maybe but, you uh, do. I'm excited about this. It's a lot of fun. I want to be your next U.S. Senator. I want to be a little bit different today. I'm going to give you a little, since I've spoken here several times, I just want to give you a little insight of what I've seen. This past week was a huge win for our country and our Republican Party conservatives and Donald Trump. So what he's talking about the last week, uh, this is, of course, on uh, February, uh, he's talking about the State of the Union address. That's what he's yeah, talking okay. about. That right. was a, in 2020, the State of the Union, one of the most despicable moments for the Republican Party and Donald Trump. That was a great mm -hmm. win. That, yeah, that, that's, that's what he's talking about there. Very concerned, though, watch many State of the Union addresses. Many of them. Name one. And the disrespect, <laughs> folks, that we're seeing in this country, uh, we can't continue to allow that. We can't. I mean, we, we have got to find a solution to it. Our kids are watching this stuff. And I'm not talking about Nancy Pelosi, what she did. I mean, that was absolutely absurd. Theatrics. So then what is he talking about? That's my question, because he doesn't go into detail about... No, and this is what when... What Pelosi, other Pelosi disrespect was there? Pelosi ripped up the speech. I know, but he said remember. that's not I what he's talking about. I know you know, but I'm saying for people that don't remember, Well, no, he, he just said that that's the not the disrespect that he's I talking about. I understand, but I'm saying for people that don't remember, that's what Pelosi did that he's not talking about. Yes, but what is he talking about? I don't about? know. Is, and look, he started off by saying, I've watched lots of State of the Unions. I don't believe him because what I think he's talking about is the fact that Democrats don't stand for the same applause lines as Republicans. Yeah, that's what I think he's upset because that's the only other thing I can imagine you could possibly be referring to as disrespect during this. That I can't get anything else beyond that. I don't know. That's my guess. I'm talking about just how the people look and act towards our president of the United States. That's, I don't care what president. That's is. where I get that from. Mm -hmm. We're losing this country. We're losing respect. But I've seen it. Yes, they have lost respect because they elected Donald fucking Trump. They don't deserve respect. Mm -hmm. I've been in this position for 40 years, up until about 10, 12 years ago. You know, our country was thriving and moving, but it's changing. What happened 10 or 12 years ago? Can anyone tell me that? Can anybody tell me what happened 10 or 12 years ago? Mm, uh, Barack Obama was elected. Oh, did we elect a black guy who you went yeah. and claimed was a Muslim from Kenya on Fox News because you're a piece of shit? Yeah. We have got to get a handle on I traveled probably in almost every state in the country, been homes and schools. And the culture is changing. Culture. And you know, we got to get God back in our in, in the lives. The, the culture is right about that. I mean, there, there's no secret to that. If we don't, we're not going. We're not going to sustain what we've had. What? It's getting worse. Notice the complete lack even, of any specifics yeah, whatsoever. Even on anything is, he has talked yeah. about so far in these two minutes, he is exactly. incapable of specifics. Exactly. We got to change our education, folks. If we don't change our education, change we have it. a chance. How? It's pathetic. Absolutely. Name pathetic. one. We got good teachers. We got. A lot of good people trying to run it. Name one. Well, we need to take the Department of Education in Washington, D.C. and blow it up. Oh! I know he doesn't mean literally blow up the Department know, of Education. I know, but can you but imagine? I would like to point out the stupidity of all these Republicans constantly claiming that they want to destroy various departments in Washington, D.C. 
who don't know jack shit about what any of those are part and yeah for all the criticism donald trump uh, is rightly due naming rick perry <laughs> the head of the department he wanted to destroy extremely funny uh, oh come on you gotta give him credit for that one that's extremely the only funny. only thing he ever deserves also credit. rick perry uh, accepting it <laughs> yes <laughs> They all do. Every state does have a department yep. of education. Again, he does not understand how any he of this works. No, of course not. There's 4,000 of them that run the Department of Education and tell us how to run our, our schools in this state. And every other state, we're different. We're different than Alaska. We're different from New York. We're different from Georgia. Tell me how. We want to teach our kids in this state what our country is. State history, government, U.S. history. You already do, you always have, and you always will. Every state teaches about their specific state history. I grew up in California. We had an entire semester, maybe it was a year, I don't remember, learning California history. We went on a field trip that year where we went to Sutter's Fort in the center of Sacramento, where I am from. And we stayed the night there. We learned all about John Sutter and all the settlers he brought with when he started that military fort and killed a bunch of Native Americans and all the fun stuff that went on there. Every state does that. And we're losing because we're teaching things that the people in Washington, D.C. want to teach their kids. Like what? We're being defined by the liberals that run the Department of Education. Oh, so maybe it's no. not about culture? Maybe yeah. it's not about culture? Maybe it's just mm -hmm. more anti-CRT baiting by you? It because... is. I mean, it is about culture. This is pre-the CRT panic also. I think it might have been starting to get well. I don't remember. When no, because exactly CRT started. panic came after George Floyd, and this is before George. Yeah, Floyd. you're probably right. Yeah. And that's who's running. Jimmy Carter started in 1979. It's gotten worse. It's gotten worse, and it's going to get worse. I saw it start about 10, 12, 14 years ago. And I tell people this: if we had an election today, and we allowed the 18 to 35 year olds to vote, think about this: they did a poll just a few months ago. We allow the 18 to 35 year olds to vote to define our country, our House, our Senate, and the White House. We would be a communist socialist country today. 80% of them would vote for socialism, 30% would vote for communism. 80% would vote for socialism, 30% would vote for communism. So, cool. Good uh, stuff. Benedict, he's yeah. citing there, and God damn it, I had to look into this. Uh, he's citing from a poll that was uh. done by the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. Right. Uh, Benedict, we could do an entire episode about <laughs> this poll and how uh -huh. bad it is. Maybe we should. how wrong he is. He's not, actually not citing it properly. Uh, he's lying about what it says. Um, but it was very poorly done itself. And then we could also spend an entire episode talking about the Victims of, of Communism Memorial Foundation. Uh, and, for example, how it stems from another organization that was run by a literal Ukrainian Nazi. Mm, okay. L literal, like, from World War II, worked with the German Nazis, mm. died an unrepentant Nazi. Mm. That's where this organization sprang from. Great cool. stuff we're talking about here. Love that. Um, what the poll actually says uh, is about half of people in the 18 to 35 age range, uh, about 50%, have a positive view of capitalism. Uh, among those questioned, uh, w the question was not, are they pro-socialism or communism? It was, would they vote for a socialist? Remember, this is done 
it's talking about Bernie Sanders. It's asking they're they're responding to it at least about Bernie Sanders. They yeah. think the question is asking them would they vote for Bernie Sanders, and they're saying yeah, yeah, I would. Um, and I believe it was one sec. I gotta get that. Sorry, you bastard. You know what? That's staying in. Your freakish door ring is staying in. It's staying in the podcast. It is the scariest. I don't know what that is. Uh, he's not next to the microphone right now, but I'm going to continue talking. Don't tell him I said this. That is the scariest door jingle on the planet. God, I remember when that when that woke me up when I was staying at your house. That was. Yeah, but then they brought you bagels. So. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Still nightmarish, though. Yeah, um, no, it is. But so this, you know, it said about um, 80% said, yeah, I would vote for a socialist. And I believe the number that was actually pro-communism was like 10%. I don't have it pulled up. For some reason, I closed the window. Um, so out of that, he gets 80% of pro-socialism and uh, 30% are for communism. I've heard mm-hmm. it distorted worse. It's a bullshit poll. It doesn't really matter. It's a stupid thing for him to say. Where's it coming from? coming from our education. We gotta stop it. Mm-hmm. Because anything else not gonna matter. It's not gonna matter. We gotta hit the big problem head on. And if we don't, it's over. It's gonna be over with. We live in, on the, in the greatest country on the face of the earth. You hit the lottery if you're born here. The folks is coming to an end. And all you have to do is watch the state. What a boring. Uh, this is very boring. He's got nothing does to say. Like, does he say anything else interesting? We get to yes, idea? yes. The end of this is where okay. we do get, we'll skip we do to get it. something bad. We used to have a Democratic Party. Now it's a Socialist Party. Even the moderates have moved so far left. Why? Because they want to get reelected. Because they're scared of those young girls. Well, it's almost an admission there when he says they moved so far left because they want to get elected um, that the electorate of the country. Is to the left. left. (laughs) But But that's uh, because of the education system. What he just said there is they're scared of those young girls there. They're scared of those young girls there. Bedek, do you have any idea who those young girls he's talking about are? The squad, presumably. And this is where we get into where I know he's not talking about cultures, Benedict. Mm -hmm. Girls up there running the country from their side of you. They're scared to death of Nancy Pelosi's scared to death of And it's just, it's mind-boggling to me. You know, I want to do. I want to go to Washington D.C. and help and open people's eyes. It's never seen what I've seen. I've been in the cities, folks. You can't drive through a neighborhood. Why? Because terrorism has taken over. Sharia law has taken over. <laughs> Sharia law has taken over. He jumped straight from talking about how they're scared of those girls up there to Sharia law has. Ta- That's where his mind takes him. From yeah. the squad, only two of which are Muslim, by the way, to. Sharia law has taken over. That's right. where he goes with that because it's about cultures, Benedict. Sure. About cultures. Folks, there's places you can go in this country that you're not wanted. In- well, for Tommy Tuberville, that would be the majority Everywhere. of the country. Yeah. Yes. In our country, it ain't. That, I mean, this is not the Middle East. It is wrong. So it's the old Muslim no-go zones argument, Benedict. Yeah, we, that, had, we had a trial run of this in Birmingham in the UK. Was, yeah, if you want one. the most embarrassing example of stupid right-wingers trying to make this argument, go watch the documentary that Laura Loomer and Jacob Wall put together of them going around Minneapolis with a fake security team oh, wearing yeah, bulletproof vests pretending that they are in danger when they're driving past restaurants I've been to on my many trips to Minneapolis as a kid because it's where my family's from. 
Love that. Come here and go by our Constitution and go by our laws, and you're welcome. I don't care what religion you are. Yeah, you do. What culture you're from. Yeah, you uh -huh. do. We're the most giving country in the world. But my goodness, if we're going to allow them to change our culture and our country, because they're going to get their hands on the Constitution one day, and when they do, it's over. They want to get it for one reason. That electoral college, if they ever knock that out, we're done. Yeah, that's true. We've allowed mm -hmm. it to happen. We've allowed Washington, D.C., and our elected officials allowed to happen. And it's embarrassing. It really is. I'm, I'm I agree. This speech you just gave is embarrassing. Yep. So uh, that I, there's there's a couple minutes left in that, but that was that was the main point I wanted to get across. Is he just uh, goes down into out and out, uh, you know, anti Middle Eastern bigotry. Um, I I won't say anti Muslim bigotry because it's not. It's not about them being Muslim. He is scared of Islam, uh, as most Republicans are. But it's uh, it's much more about other things. But there's mm -hmm. places in this country you can't even go to. And how would you know that? How would you know that you're not welcome there? Well, because there are brown people around. It's certainly not because he's talked to any of those people who live in those areas he thinks are no-go zones. It's not like any of that was a true story or he's ever actually been to any place that's remotely yeah, like that. Yeah, again, but suspiciously lacking in detail. Is that there are places he's been to where he's seen a lot of people who look Middle Eastern. Mm -hmm. And that scares his fragile little white heart. Well, Benedict, we have one final video here. And I know you're mad because we're at an hour. Uh, over an hour actually but isn't this fun isn't it i know you like no, these episodes that uh, was too long Benedict, that video have... was too long you should have done a better job of picking out the interesting sure bits. but Benedict, uh this one you're not getting away from because this one god damn it the only thing that i thought when i opened this video and started playing it was fucking melissa mccarthy Okay. Welcome to Spicer and Company. I'm Sean Spicer. And I'm Lindsay <laughs> Keith. Well, Sean, we have a lot to talk about. Sean Spicer is no longer Sean Spicer. He is Melissa fucking McCarthy. Okay. She did a thousand time better job of being him than he could ever do. Talk about today. I know we mentioned that later in the show we're going to discuss a very also, controversial fuck topic. Yeah, these I know people. we started this. Oh, God damn it. It went to an ad. You dicks. I'm leaving this in the show. I'm leaving in the show. This yesterday at the end of the show talking about whether or not uh, you should put up a Christmas tree before Thanksgiving or not. It got a lot of attention on social media. So oh my God, who show, This is how pathetic Sean Spicer's life has gotten. They have spoken very <laughs> resoundingly. Yes, that is right. You know, another uh, update today on COVID restrictions. New York City announcing uh, Bill de Blasio that they're going to shut down schools starting effective tomorrow. Uh, there's been a 3% increase. In wow. Did you hear when's, that? Wow. When's this from? This is from November 2020. Okay. <laughs> this is, I believe, uh, it's November 18th. This is November 18th, 2020. So, yeah. The school, so they will start distance learning tomorrow, Sean. It's not a lot of, not, it's not a lot of notice just to after No, it's not, or, or to teachers or principals. So, um, all of them having to gear this back is, to go back to online he's doing fucking um, learning. So, morning yeah, break, by the way, morning uh, the rise Kansas, television. Uh, Kansas governor also announced that she's instituting a statewide 
mask mandate. That's yeah. uh -huh. We're going to be seeing more and more of those, I yeah. think, as states continue. And then uh, we're talking to Hans von Spassky later. Uh, but this is interesting because all these people are talking about moving to Georgia for the Senate runoff. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> people don't realize this, but if no, they you weren't. register to vote, you can do it by December 7th. But if you plan on only being there for a couple months and then leaving, you could get up to a $100,000 fine and 10 years in prison, Sean. Um, yeah. So I think people need to understand the ramifications of their uh, actions, that there are massive consequences if they do this with the intention of leaving in just a few months. Yeah, those people are largely on the left. Just yeah. Oh yeah, Sean? Sure they are. Oh yeah, you got the sure, slightest sure. bit of fucking evidence of that, Sean? The slightest fucking bit, you dipshit? God damn it, that's the dumbest thing. Be clear. Very dumb. Talking about that. But you know, the Republicans have held on to the majority right now. It's 50-48. Those two seats in Georgia are crucial to Mitch McConnell staying in charge in the Senate versus Chuck Schumer. And he uh, did and it. And that's in part <laughs> next to our first guest. He inseated a Democratic incumbent senator, Doug Jones in Alabama. In fact, <laughs> he was the only Republican oh, to defeat there you go. an incumbent there Democrat. Is. Joining us now is the newly elected senator-elect from Alabama, Coach Tommy Tupperville. Coach, you oh, you can hear how excited Sean Spicer is. Yeah, he he's is. getting he's a big boy. He's getting to meet with a fancy person. Ah, it's so much fun. How much fun is this? You've won a lot of games. You've been 13 and 0. You've defeated Once. Alabama six times in a row. Where does this victory stack up against the ones you've had on the field? Oh well, it's God. way up there, Fuck Sean. Off. But uh, one reason because it took me two years to play the game. I, you know, I, <laughs> I campaigned for two years. You, you were the first oh, guy fake to come talk to me almost two years ago about running for this position down at Auburn, and we decided to do it. My wife and I prayed about it, and uh, I went mm. to work, and I didn't stop for two years. And last week, my wife and I took a short vacation. It's the first time we've done that in two years, but I tell you. We don't need to know about your vacation history. No. What is the point of telling us about you and your wife going on a vacation? What is the point of you telling us about you and your wife praying? I don't give a shit. He is on this show. You were just elected to the Senate. And you have nothing important to say. And Kevin, I know this, that because I watched the entire interview. This isn't for you. I don't know who you think hey, this is for. It's after not for winning you. this and after being up here for a couple of weeks and seeing the, you know, the, how much of a difference we've made uh, just to this point in the Senate has been uh, gratifying. But I'm looking forward to spending a long time up here and doing public service, probably probably for the rest of my life. You know, it's funny. So there's his promise to you that for the rest of his life, he'll be doing public service better. There you go. We that know. in two Can't days. In two days, he's going to be fucking gone. <laughs> um... Did so he, he say, says nothing. Sorry, he I, says I missed, nothing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're, done, hold on, we're hold on. done with the video. No, I'm asking a question there. Yes. Did he say the difference I've already made? I think he said the difference we've made. Okay. Because but he's still, referring, well, he hasn't Benedict, been sworn in yet. <laughs> Benedict, I've played you now, I think, uh, probably about eight-ish minutes of audio of Tommy Tuberville talking. And I can tell you, I told you, I watched hours of Tommy Tuberville yesterday when I was putting this show together. I found, other than the times when he's reading words someone else wrote for him in a floor speech, he knows zero specifics about anything. Now, we've argued over who is really the dumbest member of Congress. I still maintain that it is Madison Cawthorn. Because Tommy Tuberville at least knows how to run a football team. Madison Cawthorn <laughs> does not have that skill. In addition, Benedict, I will point out to you that while Madison Cawthorn 
despite being the sponsor of, I, I believe, uh, I think it was in the 40-ish range number of uh, bills that uh, Madison Cawthorn has sponsored, um, and having none of them go, literally every single one of them just being ignored. Tommy Tuberville has had one piece of sponsored legislation actually move forward, and it was Ooh. passed. It was passed. Now, it wasn't actual legislation. It was a resolution uh, in the Senate, which didn't require it going to the House. And it didn't, it didn't actually do anything. It was just titled a resolution recognizing and honoring the sacrifices and accomplishments of the greatest generation. And it was uh, also sponsored by uh, Democrats like Raphael Warnock and mm-hmm. didn't mean anything, didn't do anything, was, was just puffery. But it was agreed to in the Senate. And that is above and beyond much more than Madison Cawthorn will ever accomplish in his legislative career. So, I give sure. you that. It's my argument for why Tommy Tuberville, despite being a complete dum-dum, as we have seen in his own words, uh, still more intelligent, more accomplishments than Madison Cawthorn could ever hope okay. for. Benedict, that's it. All right. That's what you put me through, uh-huh. making me look into the dumbest person I've ever had to learn about he's uh completely boring but that's that's it for this week's episode thank you for listening if you just can't get enough of us you can go to patreon.com forward slash nygbc and become a patron for as little as two dollars an episode for patron only episode shout outs on the show and more as always we have to give a shout out to our wonderful and amazing patrons Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, C. David, Megan Ruth, Glaurung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Becky Scott Fairley, and George Soros, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, A.J. Brantley, Taru Takanen, Skeptical Seventh, and Balls Waterson, and George Soros. Also, I will mention, um, I will also allow people to become members of our New World Spooky World Order. If... I'm Tommy Tuberville. Oh, I don't need that to play now. Uh, <laughs> I'm Tommy Tuberville. Maybe that'll be a new drop we have to use. Um, if you would like to also become a member of our New World Spooky World Order, uh, you can become a CFR member. So if there are those of you who have thought, uh, you know, I'm not sure about adding George Soros onto uh, my uh, Patreon. Uh, we've already warned you, of course, about the account sharing problem and how you can't also, give George Soros your uh, RSS feed link and get access mm. to the patron-only bonus episodes. Classic, classic. It's a problem. Uh, you can just indicate to us that you are a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, whatever way you want. Creative names, always fun, whatever you want to do. Um, I'll, I'll also indicate, I'll also induct you into the spooky new world order. Uh, so that's, um, that's it. This week's episode. Uh, um, well, that's it. Until next time. Bye. Bye. I'm struggling today. Grammar the Book Club podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.
Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.